the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy might be the one conspiracy theory that I don't think is a conspiracy theory. I think it's actually true. There's no way that this guy killed himself in prison, right? No way Jeffrey Epstein's death was a coincidence. No way that he wasn't pressured, if not murdered. Like I said, it might be the one conspiracy theory that I believe in because I just don't think that someone with as big of an ego as Jeffrey Epstein had, as much money as Jeffrey Epstein had, as many connections as Jeffrey Epstein had, and a rap sheet, a convicted sex offender, like Jeffrey Epstein was, there's no way that he would have felt hopeless, that he would have felt that he was caught to the point that he had to kill himself versus betraying I don't know what kind of secrets. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I mean, we know that the cameras were turned off. The guards didn't check on him, um, that his roommate was moved away, that he was released from suicide watch by the prison psychologist. I mean, when you have a confluence of coincidences in this way, then maybe they aren't really coincidences. And when the when it builds into a conspiracy um, to this extent, maybe it's not really a conspiracy theory. Maybe it is actually a conspiracy. So fast forward now to the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell is Epstein's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. He was certainly associated with her. She um, is facing charges, sex trafficking related charges, grooming 14, 15, 16, 17 year old girls, minors, children into, um, well, basically into sexual abuse victims of Jeffrey Epstein. She is now facing uh, charges, federal charges for the for this sex trafficking, this grooming of minors. Um, and let's just say it's looking a little fishy already. So the judge redacted evidence at the request of Ghislaine Maxwell because she was worried that it would be too sensational. It was too sensationalist, too impure. For what? For you and I to see? We're not allowed to see this because it's too sensational, too impure. This makes, this is, this is a red flag if I ever saw one. So the judge redacts evidence. There's no cameras in the courtroom because it's a federal trial versus, you know, what we saw in the Kyle Rittenhouse case or what we saw in the Ahmaud Arbery case where these were state-level trials. This is a federal trial, so there's no cameras. Um, the judge has banned reporters from being present in the courtroom. Um, the judge, by the way, is an Obama appointee, a very far-left partisan Democrat who worked in the Obama administration, who coincidentally, just one week before the Ghislaine Maxwell trial was promoted by Joe Biden. Yep, that's right, promoted by the Biden administration. The prosecutor, the lead prosecutor, who is uh, prosecuting Ghislaine Maxwell on behalf of the state, believe it or not, is James Comey's daughter, Maureen. So put this all together. Put this all together. A partisan judge, a partisan prosecutor, a media ban. You and I aren't allowed to see it anyway because it's a federal it's a federal court, so it's not live streamed. There's no videos allowed in there. The evidence has been redacted because it's impure. This on top of what this this idea that Jeffrey Epstein just gave up and hung himself with a sheet in his in his cell, that bones were broken in his neck that aren't typically broken if you commit suicide, but are typically broken if you're murdered. Okay, like I said, this might be the conspiracy that um, actually turned out to be true. Add in on top of all of this, add in on top of all of this, the questions about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, the questions like, a picture of Bill Clinton in Monica Lewinsky's blue dress that was hanging in Jeffrey Epstein's house. The idea that Jeffrey Epstein might have been a figure in the intelligence community, maybe Israeli intelligence, maybe associated with US intelligence, nobody really knows for sure, that he got off easy on charges of sexual abuse, sex offenses, 
years ago because of some plea deal that just seemed very, very unlikely that this raises questions about, is there blackmail involved? Who's implicated here? What kind of politicians might be trying to hide something and protecting him? And how is this going to play into the Ghislaine Maxwell trial? And of course, blue check marks on Twitter, the mainstream media, Democrat politicians don't want to talk about this at all. They absolutely would rather we look the other way. So if they want us to look the other way, maybe we should look right at this trial. Maybe we should look right at this trial. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's fascinating to see the mainstream media treating you and I like we're some kind of dog where they just flash a shiny object and we turn our heads away from what they don't want us to look like, right? It's like what happened at the Christmas parade in Wisconsin. This was a black nationalist terrorist who had called for violence against white people who used his car to stage an attack that killed multiple people and injured dozens more. And CNN, a mainstream media outlet, this is what they tweeted. Waukesha will hold a moment of silence today, marking one week since a car drove through a Christmas parade, killing six people and injuring scores of others. A car? A car drove through a Christmas parade? Just what? Autonomously, the car just decided one morning, oh, you know what? I'm gonna just come to life and just drive myself through a Christmas parade. No, no. No, no, a car didn't drive himself, itself. A man drove this car. A man who professed black nationalist ideology, anti-white ideology, who called for violence against white people. The attack at the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin was deadlier than January 6th and Charlottesville combined. And yet the mainstream media, oh, they're just, they're just shaking their tinfoil over here, shaking their tinfoil, because they don't want you to look. They don't want you to look. And what they don't want you to look at that's what we're gonna look at today on the show. I'm Liz Wheeler, this is The Liz Wheeler Show. So the, the mainstream media thinks that we are idiots. The mainstream media thinks that we are distracted by you know the classic meme that you see everywhere. Oh look, squirrel! Thinks that we're distracted by anything. We're not stupid. The listeners of my show are not stupid. People, the everyday American citizen is not a stupid person. We're not idiots. We see reality, we see truth, we're insulted as we should be when the mainstream media treats us like imbeciles or dolts. Their entire strategy right now is a strategy of diversion and distraction, which um, simply put, does not work. In fact, it's somewhat like the Streisand effect the Streisand effect is when Barbara Streisand made a big deal when uh, aerial photographs of her home were published online. She made a big deal about it, so much so that people who wouldn't have otherwise looked or cared um, looked at the aerial photographs because they were curious about why she was uh, making such a big deal about it. That is what the mainstream media is engaging in right now, and um, in no way more so than this new Omicron variant of COVID-19. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but first... I wanna to talk to you about stamps.com. The Liz Wheeler Show is sponsored today by stamps.com. If you are looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. Here at Soundfront, we use stamps.com to do business on the road and to save time and money. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you are selling online, whether you're running an office, whether you are engaged in a side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress 
during the holidays. And get discounts on post office and UPS shipping services without making the trip. Discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Who wants to do that? If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. So save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Liz for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Liz. Okay, Forbes has written an article about me. Now, I'm not in their title, but about halfway down this article, and by the way, this is the title of the Forbes piece, uh, quote, did Fox hosts suggest Omicron COVID-19 coronavirus variant is made up, question mark. So that is what we call a leading headline. It's a question where they want you um, to think the answer is yes, because why would they ask that as a question if the answer wasn't yes? So it's a stupid headline written by Bruce Wiley. He's the author of this piece. He is a senior contributor at Forbes. Now, I am obviously am not a Fox host, but uh, nonetheless, they included me in this piece. Halfway down this piece, where the, the point of the piece is very obvious. It is to discredit conservatives, to stifle dissent, to um, try to paint those of us who question public policy at the hand of politicians and their unscientific mandates as crazies. Um, that's what they're trying to paint us as. So Bruce Wiley uh, says, then there was the following tweet from Liz Wheeler and he quoted, well, one of my great tweets. I actually love when they quote my tweets because I stand by my tweets. They're good tweets. This is what I said. Oh, shocker, a new variant that's supposedly worse for kids right at the same moment that they're trying to mandate the vaccine for kids. What a gigantic, amazing coincidence. Again, I appreciate you including the tweet, Bruce. I think it's a pretty good tweet. Um, he then goes on to say, the Liz Wheeler Show website describes her as, quote, unapologetically one of the conservative movement's boldest voices. Typically, he says, unapologetic may not be the word that you look for when seeking medical or public health advice. Nonetheless, Wheeler's tweet said, and then he quoted the tweet again, um, redundant, but hey, if he wants to put my tweet in there twice, I'm not gonna say no. Um, here's what I would say. First of all, I am unapologetic when it comes to speaking the truth because many people are afraid of speaking the truth. They're afraid of speaking reality because of people exactly like Bruce uh, Y. Lee. They're afraid of being bullied. They're afraid of being misrepresented. They're afraid of facing false accusations. I um, unapologetically am unafraid of speaking reality. And that's why so many people on the left and the right, both sides of the aisle, listen to me. Even if, even if people on the left don't agree with what I, what I say, they know that I am uh, speaking reality. And that's why silent though they may be, we have a pretty big contingency of leftists who watch our show. That's the first thing. The second thing is Bruce Wiley is engaging in distraction, this diversionary tactic. He's trying to represent what I said um, in a false way. He's trying to misrepresent it. He's trying to make it seem like I called the Omicron variant a hoax. I did not. I did not at all. In fact, I don't dispute that there's a new variant of the coronavirus, of COVID-19. I don't dispute it at all. It's scientific evidence, right? You can look at the DNA of this virus. Of course, there's a new variant. Just like there was the alpha variant, just like there's the delta variant, there is the Omicron variant. I didn't dispute that. So let's just get that very clear. What I am questioning, what I am pointing out, what I, the reality that I'm highlighting is about the politics of the thing. It's about how politicians and public health officials, which in this day and age are one and the same, are reacting to this new variant. Because we don't know a lot about this new variant. No, no. But it doesn't matter to politicians that we don't know a lot about this new variant. They are issuing mandates 
They are fear-mongering. They are using this as a scare tactic. That's where the word scariant came from, this uh, hybrid between scare tactics and variant. They've turned the Omicron variant into a scariant because it suits their political agenda. That is very different, Mr. Lee, than suggesting that the variant itself is a hoax. And you know what? You know this. You know better than what you're writing. You are insulting your readers, insulting the people, the few people who might go and click on this. The only reason I read this was because I got a Google alert on my name. You're insulting the people who read your work because you're assuming that they're going to fall for this tactic, this diversionary distraction tactic. You don't want people to look at the truth. You don't want people to discuss the reality, to discuss the science, to question government officials and public health officials, and so you deliberately misrepresent what people like me say. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in a personal sense. I will set you straight, and my listeners know right from wrong, no truth from false, uh, falsehood, no reality from delusion, but my goodness, how insulting the people who read your work. Let's talk a little bit, Mr. Lee, about what the government is doing in response to the Omicron variant and what we know about the Omicron variant. Again, not my opinion on the variant itself. Let's talk about what we know and then see if we can justify that or marry that with what public health officials are doing, especially in the state of New York. That's something I'd be interested in hearing writing from you on. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but first I want to talk about Nutrafol. Now, we all know that half of the people who watch my show are balding men. Yes, you. You know who you are. Nothing to be ashamed of. There is good news for you. There's a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. Crunchy, just like I like it. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. It's made from 21 potent natural ingredients that support sex drive, better sleep, and less stress too. And I, I have heard that one of the hesitations men have in taking hair growth supplements is that it decreases sex drive. Not so with Nutrafol. That does not happen. Nutrafol is different. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair growth and thickness after three and six months. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show, win-win, by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Liz to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. It's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. It is spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. Nutrafol.com, promo code Liz. You deserve it, and it is finally a solution that works. Okay. So the Omicron variant of COVID-19, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about this for a second. I sent out a tweet this week um, where I said, I mean, I, I'm not afraid of the Omicron variant because um, most people, if you've had this, then you have natural immunity. If you've had COVID-19, you've, you have natural immunity. And if you are vaccinated, then you are um, safe from, <laughs> oh, oh, wait just a second. Wait just a second. Yes, that's right. That, this is one of the reasons. I mean, it was kind of a joke, kind of not, that I tweeted that. It's tongue-in-cheek, if you will. Um, but there's also some truth to it. The South African doctor who first discovered the Omicron variant, her name is Dr. Angelique Kotze. Um, you, everyone should have watched this video, by the way, of this doctor talking about her experience in 
discovering this variant and what this variant is because she's the one who has firsthand experience. She's the one who noticed the difference. And um, the South African doctor, Dr. Coetzee, says in her experience, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 is mild. Listen to her explanation. Take a listen. What happened is around about the 18th of November, um, I all of a sudden encountered um, on, uh, you know, uh, unusual um, symptoms. Of, um, with a, actually started with a male patient that's um, around about the age of 30, 30, uh, 30 31 around about. And uh, never, you know, very seldom visits the surgery. And he said to me, he's just extremely tired for the past two days. And he's got this body aches and pain with a bit of a headache. Not really a sore throat, more a scratchy type of description and no cough and no loss of smell or um, taste. And uh, because it's unusual uh, for that specific person to present with this type of symptoms, I decided to test. Um, we do um, rapid testing in our surgeries and I did the rapid test and it was positive. I then tested the rest of his family and it's all positive. Every one of them very, very mild symptoms and that is what we call mild symptoms. And then for the rest of the day, I actually saw um, more patients coming in with the same sort of symptoms. They all tested positive. I alerted the, the advisory committee of the minister on the vaccines because I'm part of that committee. And that's why it's easy for me to say to them, listen, something is wrong. I have seen today uh, a picture that doesn't fit in with Delta. And um, then the beginning of this past week, uh, it came out that this is the new variant going around. What we are seeing clinically in South Africa, and, and remember, I'm at the epicenter. Uh, uh, that's where I'm practicing. It's extremely mild. For us, that's mild cases. Um, we haven't admitted anyone. I spoke to other colleagues of mine. The same picture. Again, not my opinion. This is the woman, the doctor in South Africa, who discovered the Omicron variant. She says that in her experience, it is mild, that there have been no deaths, no hospitalizations. Okay, well, that's good news. That's great news, actually. That's fantastic news. If we have a variant that, we, well, we actually don't know, even, even uh, according to public health officials, they don't know the transmissibility of this variant, but if it's anything like the other variants, then I assume it's highly transmissible, like other respiratory viruses. Um, if it's mild, that means that you are going to acquire natural immunity if you contract it without too high of a risk. That's what it sounds like to me based on this doctor's analysis. But here's the thing, here's the thing. This is so inherently political that it's become, the dis it's become an untouchable subject to even discuss this. But make no mistake, this is so political, it's more political than not. The World Health Organization, this, this is funny, but not funny. It would be one of those things that would be funny if it was a meme that wasn't true, but it's actually true, so you hardly know how to react here. The World Health Organization named the Omicron variant Omicron, which, okay, you know, they named the first one Alpha, they named the second one Beta, they named, you know, the Delta variant, they're going through the Greek alphabet. Um, however, when they got to the new NU, when they got to the new, that's a letter in the Greek al alphabet, um, the next letter after that is G. XI. They skipped it. They skipped this, 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 the name of the Chinese dictator who's responsible for COVID-19. I mean, of all, of all the variant names, there could not be one that is more accurate than if we named it the G variant. This is all, the entire coronavirus is the G, the G variant. This is the G coronavirus. 
Yet the World Health Organization, completely compromised by the Communist Party in China, skipped Xi because they didn't want to be offensive to anybody's um, cultural background since Xi is such a common last name. Oh, is it such a common last name or is it Pooh Bear's last name and you didn't want to offend, you know, the communist Pooh Bear dictator in China? That, I think, is the proper answer here. Yet, when I point out the politics of the thing, when I point out the corruption of the thing, people like Bruce Wiley at Forbes pretend that I said something that I didn't. They pretend that I, I said the variant is a hoax, which I never did. It's not a hoax, it's real. But what is also real is politicians who either in their ignorance or because they simply don't care about the reality of the thing are using the variant to scare people. Using the variant to scare people. And here's the thing. The American people know the difference. This was a fascinating, um, a fascinating observation by someone named Brian Westbury on Twitter. And I want to read this exactly. Brian Westbury tweeted um, this weekend. He said, the Omicron variant, I guess this was uh, Friday or Saturday. He said the Omicron variant knocked 905 points off the Dow yesterday. Today, there are over 105,000 people at a football game in Ann Arbor, Michigan. In other words, people aren't fearful of Omicron. They're fearful of the government's response to Omicron. He's exactly right. He is 100% correct. A lot of people spent the last year and a half being scared of COVID-19 until they realized the reality of the thing, until they realized that the government is exploiting this pandemic, is actively stoking people's fear in order to push their pre-existing political agenda. And so now people fear the government, which is a terrible situation to be in, in a nation where we're supposed to be a self-governing nation whose government is set up with unlimited, enumerated powers for the express purpose of the government not being able or capable of violating their own power and thus violating the individual rights, inherent human rights of the American people. But that's the situation we're in. And I think Brian Westbury is exactly right. People are not afraid of Omicron. They're afraid of the government's response to Omicron. And we should be afraid of the government's response to Omicron because Governor, Governor Kathy Hochul of the state of New York um, declared a state of emergency in the state of New York. Now, now, when we say declared a state of emergency, you must think, oh, wow, the ICUs must be at capacity, the hospitals must be overflowing, people must be sick, there must be dead people everywhere, the morgues must have those refrigerated trucks in the, in the streets again, this must be just terrible, are we gonna send in, you know, the Navy ship Mercy? No, 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 no. In fact, there were zero cases of variants other than Delta in the state of New York between November 7th and 20th. Let me repeat that. Of all the cases of coronavirus, Every single COVID-19 test that was done, not one, not a single test was any variant other than the Delta variant. Omicron isn't even in New York. There is no emergency. Governor Hochul declared a state of emergency over nothing, nothing. And this isn't a hypothetical, vague government declaration that doesn't impact your life type of emergency. Governor Hochul canceled unilaterally with a swipe of her pen, canceled elective surgeries in the state of New York until further notice. Again, we're not talking about Botox. We're not talking about a boob job. We're not talking about things that are cosmetic 
and not necessary for your health. We're talking about elective surgery. Elective surgery is any surgery that is non-emergent surgery. So if you have cancer and you're getting it removed, that's technically a non-emergency surgery, non-essential surgery. If you're, screen if you're getting screened for cancer, you're having a biopsy, it's not emergent surgery. Governor Hochul has the power and has exercised her power and canceled that unilaterally based on a variant that doesn't even exist in the state of New York as we speak. This is what the people are afraid of. This is what people should be afraid of. Do you know how many lives will be lost? Not from the Omicron variant coming to the state of New York, but how many lives will be lost because people have missed, missed their cancer screening, because they have missed routine appointments, because they're denied surgery that they need when their conditions are, will worsen if they put this off and delay this? Ladies and gentlemen, this is government-run healthcare. This is what the Democrats want across the entire United States. If we get so-called free healthcare, where you don't have to pay for anything, we will be paying for it with our lives. Because the government officials who are in charge of it will arbitrarily decide who gets what care, when, and who doesn't, and when. And their reasons don't have to be valid. This is not a valid reason for a governor to cancel surgeries. But she did. The people of the state of New York have given her this power. If they do not take it back, it will get worse. This is what the left doesn't want us to be talking about. This is why the left holds up whatever their, their shiny, look, it's a squirrel, tinfoil, to try to distract us. They don't want us to look at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. They didn't want us to look at the black nationalist who waged a terror attack in Wisconsin at the Christmas parade. They don't want us to look at the truth about the Omicron variant of the coronavirus. Because when we look, we see corruption. When we explore that corruption, investigate it to see who's responsible for it, we find Democrat politicians are responsible for it. That is why the mainstream media and the left do not want us to see this. They want to distract us because they think we're stupid. They'd rather insult us than have us see reality, than defend reality themselves. But the reality of the thing is completely different than what Democrats are talking about. And there's no one who's illustrating this better in a more horrifying way, how absolutely partisan, we're talking a bitter partisan, dictating public health policy, and I put that in quotation marks for those listening, than Dr. Fauci. We're gonna talk about that in just a second, but first I wanna talk about American Hartford Gold. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed everything is getting so expensive. We are in the biggest economic crisis since 2008. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA, and they make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them right now. 
Call 855-768-1883. That's 855-768-1883. Or text Liz to 65532. Again, that's 855-768-1883. Or text Liz to 65532. So not that anybody listening to this show has any doubt that Dr. Anthony Fauci is the most destructive, the most tyrannical, the most dangerous, the most anti-science, virus-juicing, dictatorial, authoritarian, um, bureaucratic piece of garbage, in his job at least, that our country has ever known. Dr. Fauci has admitted himself that he is a bitter partisan. This is no longer just you and I speculating or drawing our conclusions based on little bits of things that he said here and there. No, 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 no. He actually had the audacity to say that you and I cannot question what he says, even though what he says relates to public policy imposed on us, which harms your life and my life. We're not allowed to question that because of science. We can't question science, he says, because or him, because he represents science. Listen to this for yourself. Be ready to be shocked. So anybody who spins lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense, that's noise, Margaret. That's noise. I know what my job is. Senator Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump? Of course. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I yeah, mean, that's okay. I'm just going to do my job. And I'm going to be saving lives and they're going to be lying. It seems another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death. Right, exactly. Exactly. And to me, that's, that's unbelievably bad because all I want to do is save people's lives. I mean, anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous. I represent science. He says, first of all, no reputable scientist would ever say that in that way. This is the most pretentious um, the most pretentious statement that I've ever heard. It's infuriating um, that Dr. Fauci is still in his position of power. This might be, by the way, the biggest mistake that President Trump made his entire presidency was not firing Dr. Anthony Fauci from his position. I think we can all agree that. I assume even President Trump agrees with that at this point. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's talk about science for a second. What is science? What is science? Science is the exploration of the natural world. It is... Um, the investigation of what already exists. It is a, it is a quest for universal truth. Um, it is our human quest to understand God's creation, right? That's what science is. Science is based on questioning. It's based on skepticism. It's based on doubt. Scientific laws aren't scientific laws because they're proven. They're scientific laws because they cannot be disproven. 
So the entire basis, the fundamental, the crux of science is asking questions, is skepticism, is doubting. So this idea that you are anti-science if you question what a scientist says is not true whatsoever. That's actually ideology, and it's worse than ideology. That's actually a religious doctrine that Dr. Fauci is describing, where you cannot question it at all. Um, otherwise, that means that you are against it, that you are a denier of it. You cannot question the representative of it, because the representative of it is someone who is infallible. Even the Catholic Church isn't that dogmatic. You can question what the Pope says, unless he issues an infallible statement, which rarely ever happens. Hasn't happened in, what, 50, 60 years? This, Dr. Fauci, the church of Dr. Fauci right now is so strict with their religious ideology that um, you're not allowed to even question him, lest you risk questioning the science that he represents, even though Dr. Fauci's definition of science is different than the actual definition of science. This is the weaponization of science against you and me, and this is one of the most dangerous movements that we have seen in our country. This is on the level of like critical race theory dangerous to the fabric of our nation. Because if we allow science to be weaponized in this way, if we allow the left to hijack actual science and turn it into Dr. Fauci's version of science, then all public health officials are ever going to do, they're going to declare everything to be an emergency. They're going to declare that the government is the savior and the government's um, saving power is the power of science. It's going to be a technocracy, essentially where they're just going to call in experts. They're going to call in people with PhDs who tell you what the facts are, and therefore those facts can't be questioned because you can't question science, and since you can't question science, that science must be imposed as public policy, even if it means violating your constitutionally protected rights. This is what Dr. Fauci is suggesting. And his ideology is a very far-left ideology. He's not just an idiot about science. He's not just wrong about literally every public health policy that he's imposed politically on the American people. Every single one he's been wrong about. He admits his ideology is a far-left ideology because listen to his comment. I mean, my jaw actually dropped when I heard his comment to Senator Ted Cruz. What about January 6th? What about January 6th, Dr. Fauci? What about it? You want to talk about the mainstream media reporting about it? You want to talk about the lies the left has told about it? You want to debunk the reality? Or you want to debunk the falsehoods and talk about the reality of the thing? Because it sounds to me like you're holding up that shiny object, that piece of tinfoil, pointing out that squirrel to the American people, hoping they don't notice that yes, you should be referred for prosecution because you lied to the Senate. You lied to Congress. You lied to the American people. This is a man who used our taxpayer money to fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where they messed around and juiced up bat-derived coronaviruses to make them more transmissible, more deadly to humans. And then the most likely explanation of where COVID-19 came from is that it leaked from this Wuhan Institute of Virology. And Dr. Fauci knows he's responsible because he's the one who gave the money for these experiments in the first place. So he holds up this shiny object, tells you not to look, insults you, treats you like a child that can be distracted by a diversion. He thinks we're so stupid, you and I, that later on in this same interview, Margaret Brennan says, um, talking about the, the origin of the COVID-19 virus, um, Margaret Brennan said, and this is a quote, but Beijing acknowledges now that they don't think it originated in that market. She's talking about the wet market. 
where the original um, narrative from the left, from Peter Daszak, organized a group of scientists to say, actually, this virus originated from the wet market, not from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, even Beijing says that that is not true. Now, this is what Dr. Fauci responded. Are you ready for this? He said, well, it may not have originated in the market, but it certainly could have. This is a man who will literally go to any extent to cover his own tail. He is a bitter partisan, admittedly a liar, a dangerous bureaucrat who has used our money in unethical experiments that harmed us. In response to that, he denies responsibility and instead tries to impose tyrannical dictates on the American people in the name of public health. And I save lives, he said in the name of public health, weaponizing science in this God complex that he has and mocking us when we bring up the idea, when we dissent from the fact that our rights are being violated. This is, this is what the left wants to distract us from. This is what the left is distracting us from. And meanwhile, Fauci's not done. When he was asked by George Stephanopoulos um, whether the Omicron variant, and remember, remember what the founder of the Omicron variant, the doctor from South Africa said, all the cases that she saw were mild. Fauci was asked if we would need to lock down again, and this is what he said, take a listen. Should we expect to be seeing more lockdowns again, new lockdowns, more mandates? You know, I don't know, George, it's really too early to say. We just really need to, as I've said so often, Prepare for the worst. I will never lock down again, ever. Not ever. Nope, not doing it. Won't comply. Refuse, will not. Absolutely no, no matter what the government says. So just so that we're clear on that, and I hope that you will all join me. I, I will, however, do what Dr. Fauci says. I will be preparing for the worst. And by preparing for the worst, what I will be doing is I will be preparing my votes so that bureaucrats like Dr. Anthony Fauci are kicked out of their government role. That politicians who have the power to fire Dr. Fauci and his ilk, do so. That is what I will be doing by preparing for the worst because I always expect the worst from the government. I always expect the worst from politicians. I always expect the worst from these unelected bureaucrats who think they have control over our lives. And we, the American people, should be preparing for that. This is what the left doesn't want us to talk about. They want to render these topics untouchable. They want to distract us with a diversion, but we will not be distracted. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. If you haven't subscribed already on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you watch or listen to your podcasts, please do so. I'll be back tomorrow. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of Marketing, Emily Washler. Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.